This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Here is your guest host, Jane Brown. From parties and drinks with friends to sugary snacks and meals on the go, it's easy to let your health and medication routine slide during the holidays. But sticking to your medication schedule is an important part of making you stay healthy during the holiday season. John Papasturgio of our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association has joined me in studio here at the Zoomerplex. Thanks for coming in, John. It's great to be back, Jane. To offer us tips on medication management and staying healthy during this happy but hectic time of year. Is it the change of routine, John, that kind of messes people up? That's it. And I'm already starting to see it, actually, where, you know, a few days before Christmas and people are running around. Uh, I've got people coming into the pharmacy. They've forgotten to refill their prescriptions. They're, they're traveling. Um, it's just that change in routine right now that's going to impact uh, the way people take their medications. The other part of it is... Uh, you know, what they're taking with their medications. And, you know, their diet, many people, their diet is going to change dramatically. The amount they drink is going to change. And all that will affect how your medications work. So it's really about, you know, understanding which medications you're taking, why you're taking them, and which ones uh, you have to be a little bit more careful with. So uh, we're spending a lot of time in the pharmacies right now just educating people as they come, come through. Questions for your uh, personal medication regime or any other questions for our pharmacist, John Papasturgio, give us a call, 416-360-0740, Now, do most people take their medication at night before bed, or it just depends? It really depends, you know, and, and I find uh, when we think of Zoomers, they're taking multiple chronic medications. So some are once a day, others are twice, some are three times a day. So it really depends on the type of medication. I'm I'm always a big supporter of trying to take your medication. If you could simplify the regimen as, as easy as possible, work with your pharmacist to do that. And we spend a lot of time with patients trying to do that because we know adherence goes up. It's easier for the patients. And when you get in situations like kind of the holiday season, um, you're less likely to make kind of administration errors. But yeah, it really depends on the patient. Uh, and uh, right now what I'm trying to, Uh, kind of uh, express to people that are coming through the pharmacies is try to stick to the timing between your pills because as your as your regimen changes um, you know say you're taking a medication every eight hours you may have a party to go to you don't want to take your medication to the party you kind of push it so now it becomes nine or ten hours but then your next dose is due in the morning and this is what happens in certain medications that could be a problem I think of Patients with diabetes, for example, uh, you know, you really want to take your medication on a regular interview. Patients on anticoagulants, it can be very dangerous to kind of extend that pill-free period. So 
there should be some thought put into that. And where parties and family gatherings and, and get-togethers with friends are happening, as you say, any time of day and maybe when you should be taking your medication. What about um, the idea of having the medication not only in your medicine cabinet, but also in your purse or whatever it is you carry with you when you go out? Yeah, it's a great idea. We, we spend a lot of time putting patients on compliance packaging in the pharmacy as well. I find it helps, especially if they have challenges remembering when to take the medication. The only concern I have with that, and that's a great idea, I have patients on the Danforth that do this all the time. They're, they're, they're going somewhere, and they just kind of mix all their pills into a little vial and take them on the go. Oh, all at once. All at once, oh, okay. and they assume they're going to remember which is which. Right. right? And uh, I've had situations where patients have taken the wrong medication or double-dosed on something because they're not keeping them labeled, right? And it, and it can be a little bit dangerous to do that. Um, it really does depend on how many meds you're taking or whatnot. But, you know, be sure that you're keeping your medication separate and labeled, at least especially if you're traveling. It's a real bad idea to try to get through an airport with like all these pills in one vial or a couple of vials. Keep them separate and labeled. It's important. I think. Well, they have those little containers with the days Absolutely. of the week on them. Yeah, yeah. The, the compliance packs. I'm a big fan of those. Uh, they keep you straight and they uh, they help you remember if you've actually taken your dose. So did I take my morning? Well, if it's empty, you took it. That's right. right. Well, so, if it's Tuesday and it's empty, <laughs> I must it. have taken yeah, my yeah. medicine. So that, I, I, I'm a big supporter of those. And uh, we actually offer that service in pharmacies now as well. So if you're, if you're on many uh, medications, you're having trouble remembering when to take them, approach your pharmacist. We we actually prepare them once a week in these compliance packs. They're like kind of punch packs. It's really simple to take. Everything's labeled properly. Takes all the guesswork out of it, and you don't have to worry about doing it yourself. You do this as a service. Absolutely, we have many patients on, and, and I think uh, patients that aren't using the service aren't aware that we offer right. it. Right? It's actually a free service, believe it or not. And that's at any pharmacy. Uh, well, any shoppers drug mart location okay. for sure. I think many of the other pharmacies offer it as well. But yeah, if you come in, especially for caregivers, kids that are taking care of their parents, I find a lot of them are doing it themselves, and it's it's challenging for them. They you know they run out of reach. Repeats. They they don't know what exactly uh, what the patient or the parent has at home. Let us take over that that the kind of that that task because we do it very well. And we assure that it's always filled properly and you don't run out of repeats. That is a great idea. Yeah. I learned something new yeah, today. John yeah. Papasturgio from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Let's go to the phones. Jody and in Scarborough, you're on Fight Back. Your question? Yeah, I have a question regarding this vaccine called Prevnar 13. It's for pneumonia. Yep. Uh, if you could give me some information, is it a new vaccine? And if we've already had, you know, the tip, the ordinary pneumonia vaccine, can we have this now, or do we so have? It's to actually wait? a great question. Yeah, and I, I get this question a lot. So, um, uh, Prevnar 13 is a, a, a vaccine very similar to the the vaccine you're probably referring to was called Pneumovax, which is yeah. a publicly funded vaccine. Um, so both vaccines protect against pneumococcal pneumonia. The problem is there are many strains of that bacteria that cause the pneumonia. Uh, Pneumovax covers most of them, and that's the you know that's the one you get regularly uh, as part of the public health plan. Prevnar 13 is newer. It's a conjugate vaccine. It adds to that coverage. So it's actually very safe to use both of them. Generally, the regimen that's recommended is you take the Prevnar 13 first, and then the pneumococcal vaccine at a later date. But many of our seniors have already had the pneumovax vaccine, so there is another regimen where you would take the Prevnar 13 after. Um, Unfortunately, it's not covered right now, but I would strongly urge that you get it because if you've ever uh, known anyone that's got a pneumococcal pneumonia, it's life-threatening and it could cause sepsis and all these other things. So We uh, had the regular pneumonia thing, uh, I guess, about three years ago, but we're told it lasts for 10 years. 
Yeah, so that doesn't stop you from getting no. the other one. Generally, we wait like a year after you get the first one to get the Prevnar 13 if you're if you're getting it after. Yeah. Um, but it's still safe to do, and and we advocate for that. Uh, uh, you know, to our patients. The other great thing is you could get these vaccines now in pharmacies, right? So I was just going to say, do yeah. I need a script from my doctor? Well, you still need a prescription for it, but we could actually give the shot. So this happened about uh, two weeks ago now, where oh, okay. our so, scope of practice changed, right. so we're able to Wonderful. give these vaccines. Yeah, yeah, you've been doing the flu vaccine for quite some time. But this is something new. Yeah, so we've got 13 more diseases. One more question about a vaccine. Yeah, absolutely. It's a quickie. Yeah. It's regarding the shingles vaccine. Uh, Do you need a booster after a certain number of years? Another great question. You've got a lot of... No. So the evidence to this point suggests we don't need a booster. You have to remember, this vaccine is still very new, right? It's only been out for about 10 years, actually less than 10 years. So... Yeah, well, I had it four years ago, and I'm thinking I'd, so I So you know. definitely wouldn't need a booster. There's actually a study going on she right now. She would need she one? She would not. Sorry, oh, would she not. definitely would not, would not need a booster. So uh, there's a study going on right now to look at if somewhere down the line, those people that got it 10 years or more may need one. But for all for now, all, like all the evidence suggests, no, there's no booster required. That's what the guidelines suggest. So if you've got it once, you're protected. And uh, there was an announcement around uh, shingles vaccines as well now in, in Ontario. So uh, it used to be unfunded, that vaccine. But right now, if you're over 65 to 70, that's a publicly funded available vaccine. If you haven't got it, you should definitely go get it. Uh, and it's actually okay to give to anyone over 55 as well. In that situation, uh, um, you would have to pay for it, but I still recommend it. It's worthwhile. If you've known anyone that's had shingles, it's very debilitating in some yeah. cases. Jody, are you Thank good? You. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. And Merry Christmas to all of you. Merry Christmas to you, Jody. Thanks for calling in. 416-360-0740-1866-744-740. Questions for our trusted contributor, John Pepistergio from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Let's just, I mean, we'll get back to medications and the holidays here in a second, but I just, while we're on the topic of the shingles vaccine, uh, and that was a big push here at Zoomer Radio on our Zoomer Week in Review show. We've been pushing the, the provincial government to make that change, to have it funded for a certain age group in the Ontario public. You mentioned 55 plus. It's okay still to get it. You yes. have to pay for it. But what is the actual recommended time to get the shingles vaccine? Yeah, so it depends on the guidelines in which country you're, you're looking at. But if you look at the, uh, the, the Canadian guidelines, it's fine to get it uh, anyone over 55. It's strongly recommended at anyone over 65. And the reason for that, when you look at the protective efficacy, it's that group right like between 65 and 70 um, that, that really benefits. But, not, you know, you still get the benefit at 55. I would highly recommend it. Uh, the other, you know, reason behind this is the Ontario Drug Benefit Program kicks in at 65, right? And I think that's that's why they 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 have that threshold there. But um, from my perspective, I recommend it to all my patients uh, that are greater than 55. I, I can't tell you how many patients I've had uh, that have come in. I've made the recommendation. Um, it's not funded, so they think, uh, you know what, it's a little bit expensive. I may pass on it. And they show up a year later with uh, shingles and say, John, I wish I listened to you because uh, the problem with shingles is not only the rash that you get and, and the itchiness. You can have these neuropathic symptoms that last way, like way after the rash is gone, and it's a neuropathic pain can be quite debilitating, affect your quality of life. Are you immune from shingles because of childhood chicken pox that you may have had? I know a lot of people have no, confusion around question. that. Yeah, that's a very good question. So shingles is actually like the virus that's left over from getting chicken pox when you were a kid, right? So what happens? You get chicken pox, the virus kind of disappears, but it doesn't leave your body. It hangs out in the nerve ganglia. 
Island. So it's kind of sitting there. And as you get older, your immunity starts to wane a little bit. And then you get stressed out, sick, something happens. And what? And that virus decides, hey, it's a good opportunity to pop out and cause some problems here. So um, that's why we see it more in, in our senior population because their natural immunity starts to become uh, less strong. And uh, yeah, so that's where it, that's where it comes from. So no, having chickenpox definitely does not prevent you from getting shingles. It actually is what causing it. And I guess line. there are very few people, our generation and older, who did not have the chickenpox as that's children right, yeah. because that was way before. Even my children in their twenties didn't get the chickenpox yeah. vaccine. No, I know, and and. The, vac- the availability of the chicken pox vaccine has had no impact on shingles. Oh, it hasn't? So, no. So okay. you can still have the virus that's in your body. You just didn't get chicken pox, right? So it was protecting you against that. But the virus is still kind of hanging out. So uh, it was interesting. We were waiting to see what would happen with that respect, right? But shingles is actually becoming more prevalent. If you look at the global data, and it's probably because we're living longer and everything else, but it's, it is a concern. I strongly recommend getting that vaccine. Okay. Our pharmacist, John Papasturgio, is with us till the top of the hour. Your calls are welcome. 416-360-0740-1866-744-740. Gary in Newmarket, welcome to Fight Back. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, I was told that once you get over 73, the government will not give you the uh, vaccine free. Yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah, that's why I said the government will pay between sixty-five and seventy, right? Uh, currently, and I think for this first year they're ad- allowing for one incremental year. But you're right; beyond that, uh, they're they're not paying for the vaccine. And the reason behind it is, if you again you look at the studies, uh, um, the protective efficacy against shingles goes down a little bit in that age group. So as you wait um, uh, later in life, and the reason, there's a reason for that, right? The vaccines work by stimulating your immune system, right? It tricks your immune system to think, hey, like if I see this, I've got to react. As you get older, um, the natural ability of the immune system to do that starts to wane as well, right? That being said, the evidence is actually very good uh, uh, that even if you get the shingles vaccine later in life, it may not be as uh, effective at protecting against shingles. But what it does, it makes the course much less severe. And that, that complication I talked about, that neuropathic pain syndrome that could result, we know that it really helps protect against that. And that's where the quality of life issues come. So even though it's not covered in that older population, and if someone approached me and said, I'm 73, I haven't got it, I would say get it. Gary, does that help? Not really. Well, because you still <laughs> got to pay I'm for it. Gonna, means I'm not going to get it on, on the government. No, no, no you're, you're not. And you're and uh, uh, I just, Gary, I don't want you to be that guy that shows up in, in my pharmacy at you know seventy three and says, "I wish I had gotten it." Because uh, well, I'm, I'm way over that. Well, but. yeah, yeah. So it just it's a, because you know the, it can be very debilitating and. There's some severe complications. I've seen shingles cases where the eyes infe- affected. You could get blindness because of that. Uh, and there are still like 20 deaths a year because of shingles. So disseminated shingles could be a problem. Um, it, it can be very severe. And But what we see most commonly is that uh, is that quality of life that's affected. The patient's affected for, you know, months or even years after the shingles rash has disappeared. So it's not – I'm not always concerned about that rash. It's what happens after if you get the uh, – the neuropathic pain that results, uh, post-herpatic neuralgia, it's called. Well said. Yeah. Better you saying it yeah, than me. Right. Yeah, <laughs> 416-360-0740, 1-866-744-740. A quick break and then back to your phone calls for John Papasturgio of the Ontario Pharmacists Association. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. We're talking about staying on your medication regime during the busy holiday season and any other questions you have for John Papasturgio, our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. John, Julie in Thornhill has a question about shingles to continue the conversation we were having before the break. Go ahead, Julie. Yes, uh, I'm 78. I had shingles about a year and a half ago and on the left side of my face. Fortunately, it wasn't a severe case, but it was bad enough, and I did get left with a little uh, tingle in my nerves sometimes. But I'm wondering if I should go ahead and get the shingle shot. It's a great, great question. So had you had the vaccine before your course of shingles, or you had never, no. been, never been vaccinated? So no. great. this is a great question, comes up all the time. The general rule is you wait about a year after you ha- you've had a course of shingles to get vaccinated. And the reason behind that is when you get shingles, it actually wakes up your immune system and your immune system now could recognize the virus. So after a year has elapsed, you can give the vaccine. Um, because of your age, 78, it's one of those, you know, it, it's not clear cut what you should do. Um, there is a 6% chance of getting another course of shingles sometime in your life. Is it going to happen to you? Um, it's hard to say. But because, like I said, as you get older, your immunity starts to wane, I would recommend you get it. You know, and, and um, it's going to help if you're at risk for a second one. Uh, and there's really no downside from getting the vaccine. So my advice would be get it if you if you can. You're going to have to pay out of pocket, but I still think it's well worth it. There are no side effects to taking that? No. The great thing about this vaccine, it's very, very, very well tolerated. The most common thing we see is some pain at the injection site, some redness. That generally goes away after a few days. So, um, yeah, it's a very safe vaccine. Thank you very much. No okay, problem. Julie, thanks for calling in. Okay, bye-bye. It seems that the pharmacists are being uh, given more license to do more vaccinations. Are you moving in the, that direction where yeah. the Ontario government may allow you to do all kinds of immunizations? Yeah, so it was very exciting. About uh, two weeks ago, uh, they announced uh, we would be able to give... Uh, uh, so right now, we've been able to give flu shots for a few years uh, in Ontario. I think we did a great job with that. This year, it looks like we're going to be on track to do over a million flu shots in Ontario, which is a huge number. And we've seen vaccination rates for flu have gone up since we've been able to do that. So because of that, uh, Minister Hoskins announced, hey, we're going to be able to do 13 more uh, vaccines, like travel vaccines, pneumococcal vaccines, uh, those type of things. So very exciting. Our scope has changed to allow for that. So um, you, you can get that done in a pharmacy right now. The caveat is we still need a prescription for some of the vaccines. Uh, we were hoping that we'd be able to just make the decision and give the flu shot. Some other provinces, you can do that, Alberta, for example. Um, either way, I still think it's a great thing because we're accessible. Well, I can come. come I can get the flu shot from you without a script. Yeah, flu shot without a script. But yeah. what, what do I need a prescription for? So you would need a prescription, for example, for for uh, Prevnar 13, right? You would need a script for that, or some of the travel vaccines, like the hepatitis vaccine. You need a script. That being said, most of the pharmacists have good relationships with their local physicians. I know all the docs on the Danforth. If you had come in and and I think you need a hep shot. Uh, uh, I would just call your doctor and say, I'm going to give it. And they'd probably give me the script over the phone. So oh, I know many pharmacists are doing that. We're not necessarily sending you back. 
But it would have been great to see the scope allow us to write those prescriptions well. Well, that's so much more convenient for the patient because you're going to get it anyway. That's right. If you're going to an area of the Caribbean where you need these shots, you know, it's... That was was our argument, too. We want to make it as easy as possible for patients to get vaccinated. That being said, this was a great first step. Hopefully, this will change in future versions of the legislation. Um, Scope for pharmacists is changing very, very quickly. We're getting more involved in a lot of different things. Well, it's freeing up time for the doctors. And that's our goal. Like, if you think of those million flu shots that we're giving in, in the community pharmacies in Ontario, how much time would that have been for physicians to you know manage those patients, even if they're just coming in and out? Um, there's a cost to that uh, in terms of time. And really, I think they should be spending their time focusing on the more complex patients. And, and our role is to uh, take some of that away from them. Okay, let's yeah. get back to the phones. Janet in Toronto, you're on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Question for our pharmacist? Janet, go ahead. Oh, yeah, hi. Um, I'm 79, mm-hmm. and I had the flu shot. I mean, I had the shingle shot five years ago, and I did have shingles uh, before that. And uh, someone told me that the protection only lasts for five years. Is that true? No, no, that's not true. Yeah, so like uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, no booster shot required. So we think it's good for life right now. Uh, that, that may change in the future as the vaccine's been around for, for longer. And we see some of those patients that were vaccinated very early, say 55, 10, 15 years from now, maybe they'll need a booster. But up to this point, we don't think they do. Oh, um, so you're very well protected now. You don't have to worry about oh, it. That's Just uh, that's Hopefully you don't get another course. Okay, you know? thank you very much. Thanks, Janet, for calling in. Let's go to Fran in Oakville. You have a question? Oh, is, oh Fran? It's you, Fran. Oh, okay, I didn't hear you. Um, what Could you give me more information on that uh, vaccine flu zone? I heard it advertised on the radio. It's for... Um, uh, seniors? Yeah, so I mean, um, it's a flu vaccine, right? Mm-hmm. So generally, uh, you probably you've probably heard it in uh, maybe on American television or whatnot. The vaccine we give to uh, seniors in Ontario, uh, it's trivalent vaccine. It's called uh, Influvac or Agriflu. That's the one you mo- you usually get. Flu zones another another vaccine. It's a quadrivalent vaccine. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I think you're very well protected with uh, uh, the vaccine that you're getting right now in community pharmacies and your physicians' offices. I think um, you're probably referring to kind of the high dose influenza vaccination that they're referring to for seniors. Yeah. Um, we're not really offering that right now in pharmacies, so uh, that may change in the near future. But for now, I think uh, I what think you'd be I well got... covered just to get the vaccine that's available. And, and yeah, I got that in October. Yeah, so you're good then. Yeah. So and you got it very early in the season. And uh, kind of to tie back to kind of the discussion today, everyone's getting together in groups now for the holidays. If you haven't got your flu shot, go into a pharmacy and get it uh, because you don't want to make uh, you know others sick, and and that's a concern. And we generally see a spike and flu about this time of year, so we haven't seen it yet, but I imagine it's coming. There will be a lot of get-togethers this weekend. that's what spreads it, right? Everyone's together and it spreads. So if you haven't got it, it's not too late. The pharmacies are still administering flu shots. Right. Peter in Scarborough, go ahead. You're next. Peter, you have a question for our pharmacist? uh, I'm calling about the shingle vaccine. Mm -hmm. We both had the shingle vaccine together this about two years ago. And what happened? My wife got the shingles again this year. We're we're actually, I'm close to 90, she's 80. Anyway, but anyway, um, she got it full-blown, and the doctor couldn't believe it, because what I've been doing, I've been putting the, uh, the, the calamine lotion on it about three or four times a day, and that sort of eased it off, but, uh, but we were surprised, because we couldn't believe that we got, she got it so bad, because we both had the shingle vaccine. 
Yeah, that is rare, to, no, to be honest. No guaranteed. You won't get because if you had second pox, you're younger. Yeah. You can get this. You can still get the. You still get the shingles when you're older. That's so we right. Both so the single vaccine, we, we have to pay for it, and it's, uh, I think it's about one hundred fifty dollars each. You know. So, so you're saying it's quite rare, Peter. By the way, you're a very good husband. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's nice to hear. Very it is nice. rare. So anyway, it's not rare to get the... And the stomach and the hip. You know? Okay. Yeah. All right. I had to, I had to put this uh, calamine lotion. Through, you know, I was doing it all the time, and and she's still a lot of pain. Okay. The, the, the sort of scabs have gone away. But there's no there's a chance that she can get it every year, you know. Okay, let's listen to what John so, has yes, to say about I that. I mean, so it is rare to have that happen. What what? I mean, the vaccine has a certain protective efficacy. What I could assure you with is, I almost could guarantee that if she hadn't got the vaccine, this course could have been a lot worse. So you're talking about the back, uh, 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 you know, the hips impacted. What I'm more worried about is that longer lasting post-hepatic neuralgia that could result after. So you guys are still pretty pretty early on in this. Um, uh, I'm pretty confident that, you know, she won't uh, have too many problems with that. Uh, that being said, it can happen, but we know from the evidence that even if you get a course of shingles after you've been vaccinated, generally it's not as bad and you don't get that herpetic neuralgia uh, or you don't get it as bad as well. So there's still some value in her getting the the vaccination. Um, it may seem bad now, but I, I'm pretty certain that it would have been a lot worse if she didn't get that flu shot. We, only, that, that, that shot. we only have 90 seconds left, two minutes tops here, John. And I wanted to ask you before uh, we let you go today, uh, since we're talking about the holidays and medication earlier, what about mixing alcohol and medications? Is that always a no-no? And, and fatty foods, should yeah. you stay away from fatty foods and, when you're taking heart and cholesterol meds? You know, it, 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 that's a great question. And it really depends on the medication. The, from the perspective of alcohol, be careful with anticoagulants like warfarin. Be careful with like the, the sedatives, you know, the, the, the antidepressants. Some of those meds, you could really exacerbate the effect of the alcohol. I ask your pharmacist if you're not sure. That being said, you know, a drink here and there is not the end of the world. But if you overdo it, it can be, it can be a problem. The fatty foods, there are certain medications that their absorption is really affected if you take it with fatty foods, um, uh, different types of diets. So, again, speak to your pharmacist. It can be an issue. I think with the heart medications, it's more uh, when we talk about fatty foods and stuff like that, we always want patients to be on a heart-healthier diet. It's not an absolute kind of contraindication with the medication, but try to limit kind of the carbs right now, the fatty meals and everything else. It's easier said than done this time of year. It is easier said than done, yes, or, you know, have the white meat and, you know, make sure the gravy's not made with a lot of uh, fat, uh, skim the fat off the gravy, all of that kind of stuff. And if you're a diabetic and you're changing the amount that you're eating, make sure you adjust your insulin to compensate for that. That's a big deal Um, because I think the meal sizes are getting a lot bigger. You've got to adjust your insulin or your sugars are going to skyrocket. John, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Same to you. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, I know it's going to be busy for you at your Danforth Shoppers. Oh, yeah. Next two days are going to be wild. <laughs> yeah. I'll be there if anyone wants to visit. Okay. Thanks so much <laughs> Thanks. to John Papasturgio from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, our trusted contributors. Also to producer Dave Woodard, technical producer Justin Eacock. And then we've got Norm Edwards. He's coming in after Bob Comsix News on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.